Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, aka Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. I hope that you're well. The last time I went out with my friends or family in a large group and hugged people without a care was more than a year ago, at least when this episode is scheduled to drop. Um, At the point that I pulled my daughter out of preschool and my parents and I made our pandemic plan, we knew we were in for the long haul, um, but it's still hard to believe that it's been more than a year since I've hugged my best friends. Um, I'm glad that you're still here with me. Or maybe you're new, um, in which case you probably want to go back at least a few episodes because we are covering book three of the Argonautica today, and you might want to listen to the episodes on books one and two first. Um, You can probably follow the plot no matter what, but still useful to to start at the beginning. Anyway, here we go. I I read the Arthur Way verse version, um, but I am referencing the E.P. Coleridge version, Uh, but... I'm, I'm using Google Books for, for the latter, for the Coleridge, um, and I, I have a, a little bit of a snag. Um, maybe it might not, might not impact things. Um, it's a really old book, and um, so you know how in Google Books they have a bunch of old books that they've just scanned and uploaded, which is really cool because it's like reading the actual book. You're, you're looking at images of the original pages, not an OCR version of the text. Um, and, and so as I was scrolling through to get to the right page, um, I, I found a page that the corner has been torn off, um, missing a decent chunk of the corner. But uh, hopefully nothing too important happens at that spot, because obviously it affects two pages, because uh, there's the front side and the back side. Um, but it's still, I mean, it still is, I, I do love that about Google Books, being able to, to look at these really old, old books and, and feel like, you know, having that access to the actual, actual visual look of them and not just the words contained therein. Um, so when we last left our heroes, they had finally reached Colchis. But that's not exactly where Apollonius picks up at the start of book three. Instead, book three starts with Hera and Athena. They've been watching the events, occasionally lending a hand, as, you know, we saw with the clashing rocks, right? And Athena holding them apart so that the Ar- Argo could get through. Um, and, and so they know that Jason is not going to get out of Colchis alive unless he gets a little help. And they know just the woman to help him. Medea, the daughter of Aetes, the king of Colchis, and quite the sorceress in her own right. Um, it would be easiest to convince her to help, though, if she were, oh, I don't know, in love with Jason. Um, and the easiest, uh, and, and, and sorry, and Hera and Athena know just the goddess to help them with that. So they fly off to the house that Hephaestus built for Aphrodite when they were newly married. And Aphrodite is lounging around, being all Aphrodite-like, you know, just looking pretty, because that's what you do when you're the goddess of beauty. Um, after some not-so-pleasant greetings, they're, they're polite to each other in that aristocrats-who-don't-like-each-other sort of way. Um, um, think Downton Abbey. Yeah, they're, they're like that with each other. Um, Hera explains why they've come in detail all about Jason and the quest and she throws in a little flattery for good measure in order to convince Aphrodite to help out Um, and Hera asks Aphrodite to send her a little son you know 
Eros, or Cupid if you're Roman, to shoot one of his magic arrows at Medea. The three goddesses then go off to the field where Eros and Ganymede are playing together, and Eros, Eros jumps at the chance to complete this task. And he gathers up all of his toys and gives them to his mom, which I mean, really, it, it's an adorable little detail, and then he goes down to Earth. Meanwhile, back on the Argo, which is safely, you know, hidden away on a river um, where the people of Colchis can't see it, um, the, the heroes hold a council on how best to approach Aetes and secure the Golden Fleece. Jason convinces everyone that they should start by asking um, and use force only if necessary. So, so he has a good plan, which is to use his words. Um, Good, good job, Jason. He takes Telamon and Augeas with him, and the three walk to the palace. Hera shrouds them in a mist, so they stay hidden from view. It's very similar to what we see Athena do with Odysseus several times in the Odyssey. Um, we then get a lengthy description of Aetes' palace. And that description ends by finding Medea wandering from room to room in search of her sister, uh, Chalciope. Uh, Chalciope is a widow, which explains why Hera and Athena decided Medea should be the one to fall for Jason and not her sister. Oh, and who was Chalciope married to? A man named Phrixus, who just so happens to be the father of Telamon and Augeas, which means Jason has just shown up with her sons. Chalciope is beside herself uh, with joy over seeing her sons. She throws her arms around them, and eventually Aetes and Idea, his wife, come to meet their grandsons, too. Um, and it's while all of that is going on that Eros looses his arrow on Medea. Um, there is then a very lengthy description of how Medea is suffering in love, and how Jason and his companions are greeted, and another retelling of how and why the Argonauts have come to Colchis. Um, they ask nicely for the fleece, and Aetes says no. He decides Jason must prove himself worthy of the fleece. He must yoke this team of oxen that just so happen to breathe fire, um, and then he must use them to plow the plain of Ares, and then he must sow four acres of that plain with dragon's teeth. Those teeth will give rise to an earthborn army, and once Jason has defeated the earthborn, then he can have the fleece. Um, if you are a film buff, you may be familiar with like it was very early stop motion um animation was this part of of the argonaut of the story of the argonauts um that you may recall seeing like the skeleton army rising out of the ground and and being defeated that's that's the story that's being told here Medea, out of love, immediately starts plotting how to help Jason overcome this, these ginormous tasks. Uh, she asks, asks Calciope to help, and since Calciope's sons are among Jason's crew, she's happy to do so. We get another lengthy section that describes how Medea collects the right flowers and works her magic charms. And she then meets Jason, and we get your basic Romeo and Juliet balcony scene, which is another really long scene. Um, and she gives him everything that he needs to tame the oxen and defeat the Earthborn army. Jason promises to take her home with him once he has secured the fleece. She shouldn't go. We already know what's going to happen if she does, but that's for, you know, 
We read that in Euripides, didn't we? Um, anyway, and then everything goes according to Medea's plan, which, of course, is all described in detail. Jason yokes the ox, plows the field, plants the teeth, and defeats the Earthborn army. And Aetes is pissed. And he plots. But what exactly comes next? Well... That will have to wait until next week, because that is the end of the day, and that is where book three ends. Well, we have finally met Medea, and she is a far cry from the older version of her that we saw in Euripides' play. Um, and we get a new wrinkle in her life, too. She doesn't simply fall in love with Jason and decide to help him. She's pushed into that by the gods. And this is where things get, I hate to use the word, but it applies, blurry. Does she consent to this relationship? Um, Would she have helped him if Hera and Athena didn't interfere? Because it's divine intervention. It's hard to say for certain. She's not... This is where consent in all of this ancient mythology gets messy. Um, She's not forced into the relationship by anyone who is mortal. Uh, So what if, what if a god does it? I mean, it's not, it doesn't seem like she's fated to fall in love with Jason. Um, In other, other epics, we see the fates clearly presented as, as being part of the story. Um, but here we, we don't hear about the fates. We just we just have a couple of goddesses deciding to mess with her, if you can call it that. Um, so it it may not be fate, but it's not like she's exercising free will. She has no agency in that part of the relationship, and yet she has tons of agency um, in her behavior. And obviously, we will see that continue in book four um, as as we get to the point of the Argonauts leaving Colchis, um, which again, I will reference the Medea, the Euripides Medea episode where all of that is is discussed, what all what all happens. Um, so I won't I won't give the spoiler here. But if you've heard that, then you already know what's coming. Um, it, it and and but coming back to. Um, to what what she might have done if Hera and Athena didn't interfere. I, I mean, it's possible that she would have helped Jason no matter what. Her sister, Chalciope, already has a relationship with the Argonauts. Two of them are her sons. She is a link between Greece and Colchis. Um, we see Medea seeking out Chalciope to help her, but it could just as easily have been Chalciope seeking out Medea. And I mean, instead, poor, poor Chalciope gets nearly forgotten in this story. She's totally overshadowed by her little sister. But there's nothing, nothing that we see of, of Chalciope to tell us that she is any less powerful than the Medea that we come to know um, from technically earlier sources, but from a later part of the myth. Um, Another interesting thing to note um, is in that whole opening sequence with Hera, Athena, and Aphrodite. Um, So chronologically, 
this epic takes place before the Trojan War. Um, so you remember Big Ajax um, and what he's really called to keep him separate from Little Ajax. They don't call him Big Ajax and Little Ajax. Um, I do that because my prof- one of my favorite professors did and it amuses me. Um, no, Big Ajax is Telamonian Ajax because his dad is Telamon. And oh, look, here's a story about Telamon. He's he's one of Chalciope's sons, right? Um And you may remember there's a little story about Aphrodite that's told in the Iliad. Um, And it's the one where Hephaestus catches her and Ares in flagrante, which leads to the divorce of Hephaestus and Aphrodite. But here in this story, which takes place earlier than the Iliad, as far as the chronology of mythology, which gets messy, but still, um, (laughs) this takes place earlier and that hasn't happened yet. When Athena and here go to Aphrodite, she's still in the house Hephaestus built. She's still married to Hephaestus. Um, so at some point between the time of the Argonautica and the time of the Iliad, Aphrodite and Hephaestus finally end their most unhappy marriage. Um, it was never a good match to begin with. She's much better suited to Ares. We'll save that for, for a myth episode that, um, anyway, um, so I, I know I, I didn't, I didn't talk at all about Aedes, um, the Earthborn army. There's probably plenty to say about all of that and everything else that I missed or, you know, totally just skipped because I want to talk about Medea. Um, I, I just find her, she is such a compelling character to me. I, she's much more interesting than, than Jason, let's face it, she really is. Um, so what stands out to you in this book? What, what do you think of Jason at this point? Um, we're so used to him as the villain in, in Euripides' Medea. Um, but do you, do you see that potential for him to turn into that man? Does, does, is, is that a, going to be a shocking change if we think about the myth as a whole story? Um, what do you think of Medea or, or Chalciope? Poor Chalciope. Um, please pop over to the blog and share your thoughts. It's at triumvirclio.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. Find me on Patreon as Triumvir Clio. Uh, that URL is also in the show notes. On Friday, we will cover the Homeric Hymn to Selene. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.